By 10 to 20 percent. So for right now, us for right now and forever, the sports betting we're around 60 percent, 52.5 percent is break even. Uh, 59 percent you can live in Vegas, so we're at 60 percent. We're a little bit better than that. And I always remember this guy, great looking guy. He was a mix between Tarzan and The Rock. His wife was a mix between Rekha Welch and Sophia Loren. He lived in a $3 million house in a canal, headed to the Gulf in Florida. And he was in the Greek mafia. But you never could tell. He owned like five dealerships. And I was at the gym saying, you have to torture yourself if somebody else won't torture you. And he picked it up. He said, oh, I'm going to tell my sales guys that. You know, he comes back and then he pays for the gym for a year for me. He's like, yeah, I told my sales rep that what you said. You got to torture yourself so somebody else doesn't. And we broke sales records. That's the truth. You have to bottom line yourself. You have to be honest with yourself so you don't become delusional. Especially with sports betting, with NFL betting, college football betting. You have to look at what the truth is. You got to have a process to get to the truth. And sometimes you have to humiliate yourself. You have to be ashamed. You have to feel the pain of making bad decisions, especially when you know how to make good decisions. You kind of nip depression in the butt because part of the pressure is self-hate, self-sabotage. Are you self-sabotaging yourself with your thinking? And it all wraps around the bow, the mental health aspects of sports betting and NFL bet to make money consistently and then not have survival guilt, not feel ashamed that you're making all this money betting on games, which you might not be able to do forever. So we look at the Hawthorne effect. We went 20 and 11. Let me look at it. Let me make sure. But we went 20 and 11. You got to look at the 11 losses and you got to look at some of the wins. Where the wins, lucky wins. Did you? Uh, make a bad choice or 80-20 rule, right? Uh, and probability theory. We use probability theory. We use decision science. And in probability theory, the highest level of certainty is 80%. So in decision science, you identify the problems. You look at all the variables and core variables. You eliminate Variables and covalent variables. You use math and rigorously use logic to get to the answer. Remember how the truth is important because 
the truth for us when you predict something, right? Like Elon Musk, uh, Elon Musk is a billionaire. He has access to the truth. All we can do is get close to the truth. The closer you get to the truth, the better you can predict outcome. So if we know the truth, we can predict outcomes, especially as much football as you watch. So we're 20 and 12, 63%, 69% you can live in Vegas. Highest level of certainty is 80%. You want to get up to the 80% level because the more money you make. So the bigger margin between 52.5 and 80%, the closer you get to 80%, the more money you make. Uh, for the year, we're 39 and 23, 62.9%, which is 59% you can live in Vegas. So we're actually, so if you consider chart, you are at 59%. We are at 62.9%. So we're doing really good, right? So let's look at our losses. Uh, the Vikings against the Eagles. Uh, you think both coaches, the game played out the way we thought it was, except I made the mistake of living in the past. You live in the past, you die in the past. And typically when teams are trying to protect their defenses, they're running a lot, it stays under 49 points. The average score of an NFL game is 45. But the things have changed. Uh, football now, each team, you can almost lock in unless they're really pathetic or really having a bad day. You can factor in 10 points right off the bat. Didn't know it used to be that way. It used to be zero. So, you're looking at two good offensive coaches, Citriani and uh, the coach of Minnesota. I forget his name. O'Connell, quarterback at San Diego State. Uh Two offensive guys going at each other, you're going to figure out how to score more than 49 points. So that was a bad pick. So what you do is you dif differentiate between bad pick and bad luck. Bad pick, bad luck. So uh, with that being said, that was a bad pick, Minnesota. And the Eagles, Citriani. Two offensive guys on a Thursday night. Usually Thursday night games will go under. Not this one. This one went way over. All right. Next game we're going to look at that I got wrong, really wrong, was Raiders plus 11 against the Bills. The Bills, it was the Bills all the way. Bills coming after a bad loss. I forget how elite the Bills are. And... Uh, Part of it was the emotional control with Josh Allen. But you got to think of what happened last year. You had a guy almost die on the field. You had them being away from home for a month. You had a lot of turmoil. And then the Pagulas are a mess, right? The gold digging uh, wife, Asian wife, gold digger uh, in the hospital. All kinds of problems. He was more relaxed for this regular season game, second game of the season, at home, home opener. That was a Bills all the way. Bad pick, but I was bailed out by Scott and Melissa. Made it a consensus pick to get us to 22 and 12. Uh, $7,900 profit. And at, uh, what was that? 53.6% for the week. So good job by them. Overruling me on that pick, and they did a good job with that. They were right. Uh, 
bad pick here was the Lions, right? Adrian Rob told me about that defense. They played great zone defense against Kansas City. They were ready to go. But then again, like my buddy Victor, who lost the best on game, he was looking at teams studying other teams on summer. And then the second game, they don't have a week to prepare. The Lions played the same defense. It seems like they were going to stick in zone. Wow. And just hope Aidenson and those people get there on the pass rush. Didn't happen as much as they needed to. Uh, Agenson got held. So this game went over. But we're not looking at the technicals of the NFL to see who's going to win. We're looking at who's going to cover the spread and what's going to happen with the total. So the fact they're playing zone, the fact that Agenson didn't get there with the pass rush enough. He was held a few times. Other guys were held. That means that game went over in Seattle. Seattle's not going to have two games back back-to-back that suck with Pete Carroll, Hall of Fame coach, who also lives in the past. you got to pick your spots. Uh, the Texans at home did not cover, and it went over 40 points. C.J. Stroud playing good, but the Texans are just so horrible. They have such a horrible offensive line. They want to put it on the defense, but the defense sucks. They do not have enough players on defense. So what that means to us is that their games might go over. It's not going to be a certainty that their games are going to go under. And even though it's a home opener at home against a horrible team. So it's like, who's worse, Indianapolis or Houston? The answer is Houston. And we didn't know that. I would say that was a bad luck pick. Uh, the bad pick in doing the analysis was not picking the over and kind of processing as we do now, right? That's why the confessional is so good. And you make more money analyzing losses than you do lucky wins. So, yeah, that was a bad pick on the total. Definitely going over. You got to measure how bad, how horrible. Houston is in DeMarco Ryan's, whatever. He's never coached before. He wasn't even the defensive coordinator in uh, San Francisco. We all know that the GM does that job. Mr. Lynch, all right? Uh, the Ravens plus three, under 46. That was a bad pick on, on, on my part. Scott got that right. A good pick by him going over on this game. Early in the season, division rivals. Well, both these teams were under teams the previous week because they both play zone, they both play conservative, and they both, on average, look for other teams to make mistakes so they can win games. So with that being said, in a division game, they count for two. You got two sharp coaches. What does two sharp coaches mean for us? What it means is that... The vision games are going to go over because they're going to throw the kitchen sink at each other. And making their analysis before the season, they feel this is going to be a division rival for the division title. So that means that game is over. So, again, I should have done more research. So why do you get picks wrong? Why do I get picks wrong? Uh, 
not doing enough research, right? Should have thought this game through more, even more than I did. So it's always a balance before thinking a game through thoroughly versus overthinking. So you have to have that balance. The most important word in the English dictionary is balance, right? So you have to have the balance between making sure you think something through and not overthinking. Experience for all there. Next game we got to pick wrong was the Rams and the 49ers. I said under 43. Game finished at, uh, let's see, 60, 60 minus 7, 63 points. Usually, again, this, this is analogous very similar to the Ravens and the Bengals game. Two division teams, two coaches have won Super Bowls, been in Super Bowls, and looking at a division rival. So they threw kitchen sink at each other and went over. So again, I should have thought it through. Same scenario. Same bad pick. Got me two loss. Or else we're at 70%, which means more money for us. We're consistently making money, but to maintain that you have to avoid pitfalls of bad thinking and correct the bad thinking. So now, this week, heading into next week's game, we kind of know the level that we have to think games through, get to 80%, stay there. All right? Uh, the Broncos at home, they have the highest winning percentage in the history of NFL at home. They lost the previous week. Uh, this is bad luck, right, versus bad pick. And the bad pick element, because sometimes it's shades of gray. Sometimes things aren't clear cut. So, the shades of gray, the other side of the coin here, bad, bad pick, that should have measured how bad Payne, Sean Payton is as a coach. And then we'll get into Belichick. Uh, Sean Payton and Belichick are probably like 30% winning percentages without uh, Sean Payton without degrees and Bill Belichick without Tom Brady. So, you got to measure, too, how important was Tom Brady to Belichick's success and how important was Drew Brees to Sean Payton's success. So, we actually got three picks wrong that. We got the side, the total. That game ended up being going over, even though it was not a division game. They played the horrible commanders. So, in a way, it's uh, uh, kind of in between bad pick, bad luck. Uh, the Pats at home, two games, two plays go the other way. I cashed tickets. This time it didn't happen. I think it was bad luck versus bad pick. But then the bad pick element of it is, you, you know, again, you use numbers and math, logic, to get to the answer. Uh, and the numbers, Bill Belichick's 30% without Tom Brady, including two losses the last two weeks. You got to look at that. If I would have gone with that, I would have cashed those tickets. I did get the end of 47 because Belichick is a good coach. He understands defense. Except he's a horrible general manager. He's a horrible vice president. And he's a horrible head of scouting. <laughs> All right? So that ends, ends up being the last picks we got right. So, again, a great week. We made money. But you got to analyze those losses because they're like a cancer that keeps growing. growing. So you got to eliminate those losses. You got to feel the pain, the humiliation where – men so we're father knows best we're supposed to know everything 
So you got to feel it, you know? And that's a Hawthorne effect. We're going through the losses in detail. We can make money tomorrow. And again, we don't charge for anything. Our philosophy. You can be a cartel pe- person and kill people, have 15 wives, 13 girlfriends, and live a very happy, productive life. But we go the other way. We're, you know, we, even though we're nice guys, we split your throat if we had But we, we go towards the nice guy approach that when you, in it's business, right? The philanthropy of religion is business. When you give one, you always get 10 back. So we get it. And like Winston Churchill said, you make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESBC Podcast Network. I'm the best there is.